Ooh, good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, February 29th. Happy Leap Day to those who celebrate, and welcome to episode 162 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined by Riley McConnell, and today on our show, we've got one week of spring training games in the books, and although we promised last week that we were not going to overreact to the results, we do have some interesting takeaways from this Blue Jays team that we'll get into this episode. Plus, we're going to play a fun game, take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays' uh, promotions for the upcoming season, and take a look around the AL East to see where our opponents are up to and see where we might stack up within that division. But first, Riley, one week of spring training games in the books. We've seen some of our Toronto Blue Jays on the field. How are we feeling? Well, first of all, happy Leap Day, Jesse. And we will not have another one of these for at least four more years, our Leap Day episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, special, important one. And yeah, it's hard not. I know we said what we said, Jesse, and not to get too hyped on spring training. But Jesse, we are just thirsty for baseball. It was a long winter. We're Mm -hmm. six games in. The Blue Jays currently stand at two wins and four losses. Uh, Whatever. Take what you will from those numbers. Not a lot of of that matters in spring training, but there is a ton to take away from these six games on the hitting side, on the pitching side. I mean, it's been, you know what? There's been some good and there's been, you know, concerns uh, kind of throughout the lineup, whether that be a guy who's probably going to play on the big league club or a guy that you just go, you know what? Not ready for the big leagues yet. And it's no problem. So, I mean, Jesse, how have we been doing hoops? Who's doing what uh, on uh, on the you know the Florida team in Florida right now? Because you know four, uh, two wins and four losses. You know I don't take think much into that, but uh, you know it's good baseball nonetheless. Yeah, there are some takeaways to take out of the spring training games, and I thought we could have a little bit of fun here. We can break it down into some winners and losers of the spring so far, even though. They might not mean anything going into last season. Remember, Jose Barrios was awful last spring coming off the year he had. He turned out all right. Chris Bassett's velocity was down last spring. We were worried we wasted all this money on this pitcher. He had a good season. So take what we're about to say here with a grain of salt. But it is some interesting things that maybe can take away and maybe predict a big season for some of the Toronto Blue Jays here. And let's just get right into it. Let's go with some spring training winners or losers. Riley, should you take the first one or should I go ahead with the first big winner here? I, I kind of want to take a, a big winner. This is a guy who came yeah, right out it. of the gate in a big way, and that's Brian Servin, a guy mm-hmm. we claimed off waivers uh, this offseason. And when you claim a guy off waivers, you, you can't expect a lot, especially a catcher. You probably think, oh, this guy in the big leagues is going to hit you know, below the Mendoza line and give you average defense at best. And again, we're only talking about spring training but he has put some serious bat on ball, especially in the first two games driving in, I think it was eight runs. Uh, it's not the first two games, but the first two games he was in. And I think anytime you can do that, it's pretty good. There's no doubt in my mind that he will be the third catcher on this team and he's going to get some big league time this year. Yeah, absolutely. If you remember, right, it's amazing. We're actually, we're starting the episode with our third string catcher. That's uh, how wild things have gotten in spring training, but it's an important role. We've seen the Tyler Heineman role um, become a factor here. And uh, I think he's sublented himself over Paul Fry or not Paul Fry, um, Thomas or Paul Henry, 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 Henry is yeah. his name. I'm thinking the lefty relief pitcher. Paul uh, he's, Fry. Definitely that third, he's definitely that third um, 
third catcher on the depth chart there. And we'll definitely be seeing big league playing time is because we know Danny Jansen isn't the most healthy player out there. Right. Um, and so we should see a good chance. I do want to remind you though, Rob Brantley had a great spring for the Toronto Blue Jays last year, and he didn't see a ton of time with the big league club that, uh, in 2023. So just keep that in mind. Rob Brantley has been traded over 165 <laughs> times in MLB record. Can't confirm that fact, but let's pretend that's true. He is actually in camp, I think, with the Tampa Bay Rays. So maybe we will see him uh, opening series this year. Um, my winner, Riley, at a player who really impressed me so far this spring, and this might be a little bit more exciting than starting the show with Brian Servan, but that is Orelvis Martinez. And look, Riley, I am impressed with what the young kid has been doing. He was just one for six coming into the game today, but he has drawn three walks, which is something you really wanted to see from Orelvis. We wanted to see the good swing decisions. We wanted to see him really still hit the ball hard at his young, uh, his young age. I feel like he's done that. He had a uh, hit that was 111 miles per hour. It was the hardest hit across all of Major League Baseball that day. Arevis Martinez has impressed me, and he's played good defense at second base too, which I think is important. If he keeps up his spring training like this and hits the ground running down in Buffalo, I do think there is a good chance Arevis Martinez is up early and might be here to stay as a young phenom. Lot of middle infielders on this Toronto Blue Jays club, and it's it's the time now for Arelvis Martinez to stand out, or he's going to get caught behind some guys in the organization. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just that's just how it goes. We know that he's probably making the switch to full time second base. So, and who can play second base on the Jays right now? A ton of guys. Let's see. Yeah, if pretty much half the roster. <laughs> let's see if he can stick with the club, even if he starts out in Buffalo. Um, once he gets that cup of coffee, we'll see if he can hang in there. All right, Riley, that's a guy who's impressed me quite a bit. You've got another name. Who has impressed you so far this spring? Well, I think you could say a lot for our young outfielders. I think both of us can agree that Al Roden um, has done some great mm-hmm. things um, early on in the year. And as well, Will Robertson, a really exciting player, too, showed us um, that he can do play both sides of the ball, defense and offense, hitting a triple, throwing a guy out uh, from right field at to third yeah the arm was impressive uh, the the position players haven't wowed me the young guys but it's nice to see um the the basically the organizational depth perform well against guys that are possible big league options for other ball clubs it shows that our minor league system isn't as weak as we probably perceive it to be sometimes um and on the other side of that i just plain old haven't liked a lot of what our pitchers have done that's uh, it's maybe a major league guy. We don't even know yet. We'll save that yeah. for a second. Our minor league guys have been lit up a little bit, but that's expected against some a good big league hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to throw in Nathan Lucas's name too, who actually has been okay, as well as Cam Eden. Like the Blue Jays outfield depth, specific, specifically the guys who can play just outfield has kind of been lacking a little bit. So it's good to see things like from Alan Roden and Will Robertson putting things together. Alan Roden changed his swing and Keegan Matheson from MLB.com just wrote up this nice article on Alan Roden about how he's really trying to generate the power, how he likes his walks. And I, it really does feel like a breakout season could be coming from Alan Roden. He's not going to be on the big league teams to start the year. He'll likely be down on the farm somewhere, but keep an eye on him. He could be your trendy pick for this year's Davis Schneider as a guy who can come up and hit the ground running. If we could get like another pick like Davis Schneider, if we could get a few good weeks of ball out of him and go on a run, that'd be amazing. And I love a good left-handed bat in the Blue Jays lineup. Riley, what if I told you my next winner of spring training so far, we have a guy on our roster who can throw 98 miles per hour, throw a slider that's just as good, and is a former top prospect that no one is really talking about could be an impact on our uh, team. What would you say? 
Um, I would say I don't believe you. <laughs> well, it is true, Riley. Have you seen lately what Mitch White has been doing? We've been talking up Mitch White all offseason based on what he did down in September and last year when he struck out. He had double-digit strikeouts, I think, in four of his last six starts. I'd have to go back and double-check that, but it was quite frequent. And Mitch White has carried it over so far into spring, hitting 98. The velocity is up two miles per hour. The spin rates and stuff all look good. He's being built up. I want to say as a starter, but he does seem to be behind the Bowden Francis and uh, Chris Bassett mold, but he's probably going to be a two or three inning reliever. Look, I don't think if you sent Mitch White down through waivers right now that he gets like he'll get claimed by some other team because someone will see the stuff. And I'm genuinely thoroughly excited about what Mitch White can do for this team. I really do think there's a greater chance that he could be a high impact shutdown reliever by the end of the season more than he is going back to the minor leagues. But uh, hey, what are your take on Mitch White? It's it. Hey, it's man. It's tough to be a starter in Major League Baseball. Relief pitchers are just failed starting pitchers, right? I mean, at the end of the day, um, I don't know where I would slot him day day one of the regular season if Bowden Francis is there. I'll tell you though, with you know the fifth spot of the rotation in my mind, kind of up for grabs. Um, even if Mitch White is a five and dive, I think we have a pretty dandy bullpen behind him that can carry the rest away. Uh, but then on the other side of it. You know, with the velocity and stuff, if he's able to give you, you, you know, uh, you know, a couple outs later in ball games, be it maybe a more high leverage arm, and that would totally change, um, change his game. I don't know what um, what they have in mind. Uh, you gotta, you can't send this guy down because he's gonna get claimed off waivers, and I think yeah. he'll be an important guy for us. Um, I'm not gonna name names who I think he would be ahead of in the relief pitcher depth chart, but I think that. He's got to hang around whether you decide to use him long or in maybe high leverage situations later in a ball game. All right. We have a lot of other players who have been impactful so far this spring, but let's get into the losers. And I hate to spend uh, this much on this, but Riley, we got our first look at Alec Manoa. The last time he pitched in a big league setting was August 10th of last year. This was his first time getting into a game since then. Really, he's just done off field training and he's pitched a little bit at the complex and his first line was not good. He uh, only got five outs, one and a third innings pitch. He hit three batters. He walked a guy. The positives, Fastball velocity was up. That slider did move a little better, but he also hit Spencer Torkelson in the head with the slider. And if you look at his uh, pitch chart, not ideal. He did not know where that pitch was going. So uh, I know you have some thoughts on Alec Manoa, and I do too, but I want to hear yours first. What was your thoughts after seeing Alec Manoa in his first start this spring? It was really nice to see him get into shape before he threw a pitch, Jesse. I thought, I thought this is a guy who's probably going to do okay this start looking at the lineup that he was facing i mean riley green's you know no mvp yet in his career and spencer torkelson hasn't finished top three in mvp voting yet in his career uh but out this is a lineup that alec manoa possibly could have got a lot of soft contact on or a couple strikeouts worked on some control um, instead, he opts to, you know, hit three guys. And we know Alec Manoa, wherever he goes, he, he hits a ton of batters. I don't know what that is. He's not afraid to work inside. But there's a difference between working inside and not knowing where your pitch is going. Right. It's one thing to have fastball velocity up and the spin rate on the slider, you know, going the right way. But, I mean, Jesse, at the end of the day, it's spring training and it wasn't a very good line. And there's a lot of eyes on him and he will get another look. It's not like we're done with Alec Manoa now, but the next start, 
has to be better. And in fact, even if he has a normal outing the next time he goes out and maybe has a couple strikeouts walk and, and gives up a hit, um, he has to be even better the next time he goes out. Let's say it can only go up from here, but Jetsy, who, I mean, who the heck knows? We have not seen any <laughs> yeah. improvement. Besides the physique, there has been no improvement with Alec Manoa. Yeah, and look, we just wanted to see something positive after how disastrous he was over the last few seasons. You can take the velocity being up and the slider being there, but again, you you said it when we talked about Alec Manoa. It's like nothing of this is going to matter until Alec Manoa can command his pitches. So give it time. He is adjusting to a new body. Your body just works differently once you lose or gain that much weight. So I'm not ready to throw Alec Manoa to the woods just yet and see what he can do. But I, I do want to, <laughs> I think you're ready to Watch let him go, him. I guess. Eh? Oh. I was done. I was done with him in last September, Jesse. Yeah. You just can't, you just can't give up on a pitcher with that much upside. He will always think it's like in football. If a guy gets drafted in the first round, he always finds a team, no matter how shitty he is. Right. It's the same thing with Alec Manoa. Once a guy shows he has Cy Young potential, he's going to get a bunch of minor league deals with another team. Cause some teams always going to think they can do what it takes to figure it out. Cause the last thing we want is the blue Jays to let Alec Manoa go. He signs in Tampa Bay for a real cheap contract. And all of a sudden he's back to his Cy Young form. That's the last thing we can have happen. And I still believe that Alec Manoa can figure it out. Cough, cough. Chris Carpenter, cough, cough. Yeah, another one, right? Yeah. Drive, like drive me insane. Yes. Go, Cy, Cy Young with the Cardinals. We all know how that went. Anyways, his next start will be on Saturday. That game will be televised, so we will get to take a chance and look at that. So we will have that. Um, but yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that when that one does happen. Um, some other losers of spring training from the Blue Jays camp that we've had is um, some of our middle relievers and some of our veteran middle relievers, I suppose. And I'm going to lump these two together. Those are Trevor Richards and Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson, look, the fastball still looks really good. He still throws 100, and the splitter was excellent that he broke out, a brand-new pitch. He actually did get a very hilarious swing and miss on that one. So, you know, I love that as a Nate Pearson truther. But if you can't locate your fastball and it still gets crushed, then that's a big problem. He gave up two home run, two home runs in his one spring outing. I think he pitches again tomorrow, so we'll watch that from Nate Pearson. And Trevor Richards got hit around as well. His velocity is down, and he really struggled throwing his changeup for strikes, which was his best pitch. And this happened to Trevor Richards quite a bit in the second half of last season, too, when he really got hit around. Um, if he can't throw that changeup for strikes, no matter how good it is and how hard it is to hit, if hitters just decide not to swing at it, then it's not going to be an effective pitch. So um, I want to see Trevor Richards get better at that in his next spring outing. Because as we know, and as, we've, as we're going to talk about, there are some good arms in this system who are completing for bullpen spots. And if Nate Pearson and Trevor Richards don't have it, then their spot could be the ones that uh, some of these relievers take. First of all, just launch Trevor Richards into sun. Just give me Hagen. <laughs> just give me Hagen Danner instead. Let's get his big league career started. I know he pitched a third of an inning last year. Whatever, Jesse. I, I know it kills you to talk about Nate Pearson. It does. Uh, it does and, hurt. It is performance because here I am watching the game, and we're Jesse. We're watching the same damn ball game, mm -hmm. and you're you to me. You're like, oh no, but look at this. Take away this, and I'm like, yeah, dude. He just got he just got lit up 450 feet straight away center field. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. I know, dude. Nate Pearson is a special type of pitcher, but he has not figured out his craft yet. And until he does, I don't want him. First of all, we did, we can't even talk about him as a starting pitcher anymore. This is Nate. Yeah, that's Pearson, gone. He's, he's bullpen only. He is bullpen only, and I don't want him in 
in in a, in a lot of situations, there's a lot of other hard-throwing right-handers that I would call upon before him. I know it's nasty, Jesse, but we just can't have the blow-ups that he is poised to have. In another universe, there is a world where Nate Pearson is throwing gas and winning multiple Cy Young awards, and uh, unfortunately, it's just not this one. Um, Riley, do you have any other losers of spring training before we get on to our other notes? No, I think I can't even remember. We've been talking about this for so long. Kirk got our first home run. Don't get used yep. to that. Um, so that's <laughs> he's he'll hit 10 this year in total. So expect single digits over the regular season. Uh, mm-hmm. Leo Jimenez is 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 probably not worth a damn. I know they were talking about him being our best defensive shortstop in our organization depth chart and then he went out and made two two airs in the same two innings of play so that was also fun played but, third uh, base today though too and i do think leo jimenez is going to get a lot of time at third base well that's that's good i did not watch i was i was uh slaving away at work while you were enjoying um a televised ball game in front of your uh in front of your tv yeah don't tell my bosses but it was at my place of work as well so uh you know hey that's the glory of being there. Um, with you on Kirk, his home run was only 100 miles per hour off the bat. We did want to see the exit velocity numbers come back from Kirk, and his home run would have only been a home run in nine out of 30 big league parks. Look, he hit it hard, got over the fence. That's great, but we would do want to see more from Alejandro Kirk. Some other notes that I found, Riley, uh, Bo Bichette and Dalton Varsho are actually leading the Blue Jays in hits so far this year, which, great. Bo Bichette is a hit machine, and we wanted to see a bounce back from Dalton Varsho. Both good things from us. Chad Dallas looked really good in his start. Um, only through the one inning. I kind of want to see him go more. We'll get to see him again tomorrow as well to see more on Chad Dallas. And um, a lefty reliever, Brandon Littell, looks legit. He's going to be a guy. He's, like I said, he won't make the team on opening day, but keep that in the name. Do you have a thought on any of those? Yeah, I thought, and I thought it was little. So thanks for saying Littell. I thought that he looked fantastic. Chad Dallas as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more than a stone's throw away from being a big league starting pitcher. Um, but he looked good as well. And no, surprising no one, Bo Bichette, um, doing it with the bat. Varsho, this is what we need to see from Dalton Varsho. We need to, a short approach to the ball. We need a nice snappy swing. Take the loop out of the swing. Bat on yep. ball. Varsho's a strong dude. Collect the hits. Yeah, lefty on lefty for Dalton Varsho. Four extra bases, which very good. And he was hitting them to the pole side. All things we wanted to see from Dalton Varsho. I know it's just one game in spring training, but I do think a good thing is coming from Dalton Varsho this season. Um, And then uh, some other things, some pitchers adding new pitches, which is always exciting. We talked about Nate Pearson adding the splitter. That seems to be the trendy pitch around Major League Baseball. It seems like everyone is adding a splitter this year. Um, Yusei Kikuchi has a new grip with this changeup. Now, Kikuchi's always been a tinkerer. He has even with his time with Seattle. Excuse me. I think he figured out the slider and curveball last year. And if he can find that change up too, I do think there is another level for Yusei Kikuchi. So uh, if I can't be hyped on Nate Pearson, I'll get more hyped on Yusei Kikuchi. And uh, Jose Brios debuted a cutter today, which should go well with the sinker. He only threw it twice, but he did get a ground ball with it. And the other one got a strike. So good things. Something to keep him honest. Um, both John Schneider and Jose Brios both gave positive glongs to the um, to the cutter there. So out of these pitchers throwing new pitches, a quick thought on any of those sweeper with Barrios going with that cutter. Going to love it. A lot of soft love contact it as well, there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love that too. In terms of the infield, Riley, I think I've officially moved Ernie Clement ahead of Santiago Espinal on my depth chart. Do you agree? I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I, yeah. I like, I like Clement last year. I think that, uh, and he's younger, more options. I like Ernie Clement. 
Yeah, so do I. And I think you, I know you said this kind of begrudgingly on opening night, but you're like, Ernie Clement played 30 games, got one war. If he plays 150 games, is he a five war player? Ah, and although yes. none of us think, ah. <laughs> yeah, none of us think that uh, Ernie Clement is going to be a five war player, but I think he's going to be better than the 0.2 war or whatever it was that Santiago Espinal got last year. And uh, he had three hits. He was leading off for the Blue Jays in one of this game, had a three hit game. I'm impressed with Ernie Clement. I think he has a real good shot of making this roster and likely does. He's a gritty player as well, hustles, and can play multiple positions. Gotta love it. And speaking of uh, the Blue Jays bench and guys we think are going to be there, I think Daniel Vogelbach has moved ahead of Eduardo Escobar on that list. In fact, Eduardo Escobar struck out a lot this spring. I don't think uh, we'll have any Fogel power from him on the Blue Jays this year. Um, And I actually think Daniel Vogelbach has a legit real chance of making this team as a bench piece. I I do. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but how he gets on the roster. But I think Vogelbach's going to be on this team opening day. What about you? Lefty power bat. Um, fan mm-hmm. favorite immediately in Toronto. I can already see it. If he does make the team too, I'm going to put on our bingo card that he steals a base this year. But uh, he, will we'll not, he will not even <laughs> attempt a base this year. All right. Maybe not. Maybe we can get him and Alejandro Kirk in a race to see uh, who's the faster runner there. But it would be great to see. Um, Some other notes I have from spring training. Um, Another low-level reliever who looks good is Connor Cook, who struck out two in his one innings of of relief. Um, He had a slider grayed out with a stuff plus of 123. I don't know how well you know the stuff plus ratings, but that would have been the second best slider in all of baseball last year. So this is a legit pitch for Connor Cook, who... If he goes to Buffalo and he pitches well, could be a name to know going into the season. And then some other things. Um, Justin Turner is still late on fastballs. Now, he's 39 years old. He hasn't seen live pitching in well since the end of the season last year, so I don't want to take too much of this. But your first sign of aging is not being able to catch him to the fastball, and Justin Turner struggled with that late last year, and he's struggling with it so far in spring. Just something to monitor going forward. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hit a home run off Kevin Gosman. I've seen that before. He did that last year. He owns Kevin Gosman. And uh, Jordan Romano apparently grunts while he pitches now, which is what we saw in his one inning of work, which is taken after Robbie Ray, I suppose. So anything of those things, do any of those things matter, Riley? Yes. Uh, Justin Turner, a little bit. Because if you're batting cleanup and you can't catch up to a fastball, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. If you're thir- if Jesse, if you're 30, if your cleanup hitter is 39 years old and he's not Barry Bonds, you're in big trouble. Yeah, I'd, I that's I think those are things we said when the Blue Jays signed Justin Turner. A lot of people after him. Jesse. Yeah. Yikes. You and I are not hyped on Justin Turner. In fact, I think one of my bold predictions this year is that he gets DFA'd before the season's done. Um, but uh, we'll save that for our bold prediction episode um, when we get there. Uh, anyways, one more news and notes here before we go is uh, former Blue Jays general manager JP Ricciardi has a podcast. Welcome to the podcasting game, JP Ricciardi. Glad to have you. If you ever want to come on ours to uh, boost your show, would love to have you here. In fact, behind the scenes, welcome JP Ricciardi. Ah, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. That would have been a hell of a promo to get him on this wow. episode. I would have, uh, that would have, you would have been floored. You thought Riley doesn't even know how to operate a computer, let alone hide <laughs> someone on it. Yeah, and how he got JP Ricciardi into his house is a different question. But no, hey, I'd, full I'd of surprises. Question, I'd press a button, he'd pop up in one of the boxes mm. like we are. That's well, when do you figure I, that out? That's Let how I would. Like, I, you'll be waiting. Okay, great. All right. 
some more news to come out of spring training, including some things that I think we can spend probably a little bit more time on is um, the first note here, which is a little somber. And we do got to touch on it because it is a big story coming out of Blue Jays camp. That is Eric Swanson's son, Toby was hit by a valet driver and was airlifted to general hospital. He's four years old. Um, Eric understandably will be away from the team as the life of their son comes way more important than anything going on in baseball. His wife on Instagram today did post a story saying that he has been removed from the pediatric intensive care unit, but is still in the hospital. He's on the road to recovery, but it does sound like he's going to be there for a while. So prayers up to the Swanson family, uh, four years old. It's every, I've never been a parent, but I feel like it's every parent's worst nightmare to have something happen to your child. So we're, we're praying for you, Toby. That's just, that's just terrible, man. Like uh, it, in Florida, in such a high vibe area, you know, and it's the last thing on your mind when it happens. And I'm sure just the biggest surprise and just heartbreak to have that happen. And I hope for a speedy recovery. I mean, four years old, I could, couldn't even imagine what uh, Eric and his wife are going through. So God's, like God hope that uh, you know he makes a full recovery and take take whatever time you need away from the team because yep. there's there are some things in life Jesse as much as we love baseball that are far more important than the game of baseball. Now I hate to bring this up, but Eric Swanson is a very important member to our team. If he has to be gone for a long period of time, which we understand completely, do you think this could affect him this season? Like, is he going to struggle now? Because if he's got a, a hurting child at home, I know that will affect me and I just work at a casino. So um, are we worried about that at all? I think that uh, I would like to think that uh, a lot of guys will rally around him. So first of all, in his absence, if, if whenever he decides to return, there's no, of course, no date on it. And if he takes a very extended period of time, first and foremost, someone will step up in his place. And I think when he comes back, um, it, he will probably be used um, in a lighter role to start. Do not throw him into that setup role right away. Um, mm -hmm. Let him let him ease into his role. He's a very effective pitcher, and um, there will be a lot on the man's mind for a long time, even after everything is said and done. So um, be pa be patient in a way uh, with with Eric Swanson because he's a very very valuable piece to the bullpen. And we just want him to be at his best, of course, on the field, but also mentally as well, I think, is the yes. more important piece here. Yeah. Jay Jackson last year had a son, I think, that was born three months premature, and he went through and pitched well this offseason, so we know it's possible. Um, but we are wishing nothing but the best for Eric Swanson, his wife, and his family, and for Toby. Please get better soon. Um, something else that happens at spring training this weekend is Tim Meza was a bat boy. Did you see this? He, his fantasy football team went four and 10 and as punishment, he uh, got to be the bat boy. And for what it's worth, he was taking the role seriously going out there. I think he uh, broke a sweat trying to run some baseballs to the umpires. He was doing a good job. And uh, yeah, uh, Eric Swanson, bat boy. Maybe if this whole pitching thing never works out, you have that to fall back on. Do you have a takeaway on, uh, on that? I think that Tim Mesa did a hell of a job. I think that there was a ton of hustle in his game and he took it very seriously the guys were razzing him i think you know he was yep. getting interviewed on camera and they were throwing seeds at him and whatnot i think that's great um but uh he is for me jesse he's uh, a great left-handed relief pitcher um but i it's it's nice you know uh first game and to serve the punishment like that i think it's it's a lot of fun the guys are having fun the camaraderie that's the what chemistry, spring's all about right that's it's what it's all about and uh he's 
he, uh, did I mention he's going to be great this year? Let's have some fun with it. I don't care how how he does in fantasy sports because in the only sport that matters to me this year, he's going to do just fine. All right, absolutely. I'm with you. And a shout out to Danny Jansen, who apparently won that fantasy uh, league last year. So good for Jano. Yeah. Go, Danny Jansen. (laughs) Of course. So if you need uh, fantasy football advice, Jano is your guy to go, as well as how to hit nukes as a catcher. Danny Jansen is your guy. Speaking of power, Riley, is we know the Toronto Blue Jays really struggled with power last season. And this spring, they only have hit three home runs. Alan Roden, Brian Servin, and only one from a guy who's projected to be a regular this year. And that was Alejandro Kirk's um, 370-foot whatever uh, home run that he hit. Are we concerned that the Blue Jays aren't hitting enough power? I think only four teams in baseball have less home runs than the Blue Jays this year. So, Our our full-time guys aren't getting the reps yet. I mean, it's as simple Mm. as it's as simple as that, man. And uh, if 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 Varsho's not hitting the ball, he's got a lot of at bats and he's got a lot of hits. As long as he's hitting the ball, I know he's for me like that comes first. I will take um the quality hard line drive contact first, and then we'll work on launch angles a little bit later into the spring. I mean, we only had four hits today. That concerns me more than the home runs. Okay, right. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I mean, it's kind of luck of the draw. I mean, Jesse, we could uh, watch the game. I think we, I think we play uh, Saturday, right? And I think we could. There's a good chance we could have a three home run game across across the board, three different guys. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. there's there's some power. You know, it's just the luck of the draw, and it's still pretty early in the spring. All right. Well, I would like to see those power numbers come up soon because it does seem important for the Toronto Blue Jays this season. Um, a thought that I had, Riley, and I tweeted this out. There is a chance that Davis Schneider actually begins the season in AAA with Buffalo. That could be the way they get Daniel Vogelbach and Ernie Clement on this roster. And look, Davis Schneider hasn't done himself any favors this spring. I think he went 0-3 with three strikeouts again. Teams are really hammering him with that high fastball. It seems to be a way you can attack Davis Schneider. We saw the power. We saw the breakout. He provides thump. He's a great story. I'm starting to get worried about Davis Schneider. How about you? That's you just said it there. He's a great story. Um, he's a leg, a legend as in there's two different types of legends. Obviously you think of a legend like Babe Ruth. And then we might look back at what was the legend of Davis Schneider, the hottest start, you know, his, his flame was hot to start, but is he going to burn out very quickly? We don't know. I mean, we know what he can do, Jesse. We've seen him possibly at his very best. Is there consistency to this man's game so far in the spring? None. And mm-hmm. I, I think a little bit of fine tuning in AAA is not going to hurt him because, I mean, we still know what he can do at the big league level. So it's not out of the question that he's sent down, and I wouldn't be surprised, nor would I. I hate it. I think he'll do fantastic. I think there's a chance he goes into AAA and wins the player of the month, first month of the, great. of the season. And that's great. And you can still have him down there and developing. I mean, he's not the youngest of, you can't even call him. He's not really even a prospect. I mean, he's a good minor league ball player with some great big league comps. I would like to see him continue to flourish at the big league level, but it doesn't seem like that is happening right now in the spring. I also noticed too, in one of the games, they had Davis Schneider come in with a bunch of the minor league guys too. They didn't have him starting with the big league regulars, which uh, was noteworthy to me. And I wanted to make sure we mentioned that with Davis Schneider, but the Jays really need offensive impact, and Davis Schneider is one of those players that can provide offensive impact, but man, over three or three strikeouts, 
Not the best look for him. We'll see how that goes. And then um, just some injury updates for the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Biggio still hasn't played, but he's hitting off a tee. Should be okay. Last episode, we talked about our top prospect, Ricky Tiedemann, being scratched from his start. He threw from a mound today. He seems to be only about a week or so behind. So no major injuries, at least knock on wood, so far from our Toronto Blue Jays as we get things uh, set for spring. Riley, that's all the notes I had. It was a lot, but it was one week of baseball. We haven't seen these guys throw in a long time. Was there anything else you wanted to throw in that you caught your eye this spring? Let's go to talk about other baseball teams, something we do not do a ton on this podcast mm-hmm. as the Buds and Blue Jays. Obviously, we're about the Blue Jays, but Jesse, we got we got to talk about our competitors this, this we year. Do. This, is, yep. this is not a moment that we are happy to present, but as content creators, we have to talk about this. Yeah, we, we just kind of want to take a look around the AL East and see where do the Blue Jays stack up. And uh, we haven't given our win projection totals yet, but Fangraphs has us right around the 84 to 87 win total, which would be a slight step down from where we were last year. In that second, in that third wild card, how the Blue Jays do this year is ultimately going to come down to how well the other teams in our division perform. And so we want to kind of take a look at them. Where are their weaknesses? Where are their strengths? Where can the Blue Jays gain a competitive advantage here? And I think we're going to try to break that down here in this segment. Riley, you ready to go? Uh, I have no choice. We have to. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start at the team that won the division last year, and that would be the Baltimore Orioles. Riley, I remember when we did this episode last season, they went from a 63-win team, I think, to an 82-win team. And I said there have only been like 11 teams in Major League Baseball that have had a jump that big. Only one of them won more games the year after. The other 12 all lost more. And that team that won more was the 92 Atlanta Braves, who the Jays met in the World Series. So I was said, there is no way the Baltimore Orioles take another step forward and have a good year. Boy, was I wrong. They won 101 games. They did probably overperform their record a little bit, but they are a young team with good players, all guys on the rise, and they went out and traded for Corbin Burns, who's probably a top five pitcher in all of baseball. So that does not look good for us. Go along with the free agent signing of Craig Kimbrell, Nick Maton, and the guys they lost, Aaron Hicks, Jack Flaherty, Kyle Gibson. Doesn't ring a bell. What are your expectations for the Orioles this year? Are they going to be ALE's powerhouses, or or do you think they're going to take a step back? You said it, Jesse, and I think that's a great comparison. When if you can, if their closest comparison is the Braves of the '90s, you're in big trouble. And they were a National League team. We're talking about mm-hmm. the Baltimore Orioles, who are in, obviously in our division, won the division last year, and will probably win the division again. I'm expecting the same, if not better. This team got better this offseason, acquiring an ace in in Corbin Burns. Their young guys are only going to get better. Adley Rutschman might be the best catcher in Major League Baseball by the end of this year. Like, mm-hmm. um, Mountcastle might have a, a 35 home run season. Jackson uh, Holiday. If he played every game against the Blue Jays, he absolutely would. He could be an Ryan Mountcastle destroys us. If he played yeah. <laughs> every game against the Blue Jays, he has a, so he has a 2,000 OPS. Uh, like it's it's incredible how fast they've come um, as an organization because they were in in slow um, in the late 2010s and they after the COVID shortened season boy did that organization really turn things around in in a hurry. I, ex- I Jesse I expect them to win the division. I don't think by a ton of games, but I think a hundred wins is is really not out of the question with with the lineup that they have set. 
Yeah, I'm putting them about 93, 94. Like, they're young, they're good, they have the right people in place to get better, to make trades at the trade deadline. Their farm system is still one of the best in baseball. And uh, look, like, they just traded for Corbin Burns, who I don't think is going to be the best pitcher, but he's going to be top 10. He's going to rival Kevin Gosman in that category. Grayson Rodriguez has all the upside in the world. Cole Irvin who I can't believe we're talking about Cole Irvin has looked really good this spring. He's improved a lot of stuff too. So yeah, I'm scared for the Baltimore Orioles. They're likely going to be the class of this division. The Blue Jays are going to have to play well against this team. Uh, they're going to have to pitch and play better defense and honestly hope to get a little bit lucky to win the season series against the Baltimore Orioles. But these are going to be tough games that the Blue Jays are going to go ahead with all season. Especially with Camden Yard's uh, dimensions. I've hated since they moved the left field fence back. I think for our team, that's even more detrimental when we have the games there. Baltimore is a good club. I'll leave it at that. And they're young. They are battling with some injuries, though. Felix Bautista, their star closer, won't be playing much this year. John Means and Kyle Bradish, both on the injured list. So their pitching might be a spot they can do some damage. But yeah, that team is going to rank... That team is going to be good. That team should absolutely do good things in this year. Let's move on to the next team in the AL East, Riley. And it's a team that's always given the Toronto Blue Jays fits. That's the Tampa Bay Rays. They won 97 games, I believe it was, last year. And they got off to a surging hot start. I think they won 13 in a row to start the game. Or 99 is what they won last year. Uh, there, they added Ahmed Rosario, Ryan Pepio, Johnny DeLuca, and Richie Palacios, who I believe is the brother of Josh Palacios used to be in the Blue Jays system, but they lost a few guys. Tyler Glasnow, Andrew Kittredge, Luke Rayleigh, Manuel Margot, Videl Brujan are all gone from the roster. We know the Rays story. They're platoon experts. They were top. They were a top five offense in all of baseball to start the off or start the season last year. Kind of cooled off towards a little bit, but we know they have good bullpen eyes. We know they're well coached and we know they're one well. Um, what are your expectations for the Tampa Bay Rays this year? I think they t- possibly take a step back. I can't imagine that Pepio is is going to have like a real dynamite um, type year, and and McClanahan probably not going to see the mound until later on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they another another good young team, a little bit older than the Orioles, average age wise, and with some good power, but. Jesse, it's the Tampa Bay Rays have always scared me. I don't know what it is. It's 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 their team going to the trop. It always means bad news for Toronto. And this is a team, of course, Jesse, and it benefits us when they switched to playing every team in the MLB once once series at least season. That benefited a team like the Toronto Blue Jays because we can now walk away from some of those series against the Tampa Rays that we, there's a good chance. Hey, like they took, they took three out of four. They took two out of three. Oh, there's a four game split. And oh, they just like, there's too many things that have gone wrong over the past decade against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think, I think their ball club has gotten worse, but again, from a, from a Blue Jays fan standpoint, they absolutely scare the crap out of me. Yeah, look, their team on paper has taken a step back. Um, their starting rotation, which you talked about, no Shane McClanahan. There's also no Jeffrey Springs, no Drew Rasmussen. Uh, like, they turned a real good pitcher into Zach Eflin, and they're going to try to do the same thing with Aaron Savali this year. But Zach Littell, Ryan Prepio, Taj Bradley don't 
excite me at all. Even their lineup with guys like Rene Pinto, their starting catcher. They have Junior Caminero, which is like supposed to be a very good third baseman hitting prospect, should be really good. Um, but I think Isaac Paredes overperformed last year. I think Josh Lowe overperformed last year. Um, Randy Rosarena, Yandy Diaz, good players, but you know, the Blue Jays have good players too. I think this is going to be a team that the Blue Jays need to beat and need to play well against if they want to be in the playoff spot. Cause I feel like on paper, the Rays and the Blue Jays, their true talent levels match up pretty similarly. So it'll, it'll be very important how we play against these Rays and we're going to get to do it opening weekend as we have a four game series in the trop to begin the season. So winning that series might be more important this year than in other years past. I absolutely disagree slightly, Jesse, and that is okay. the sole fact that I think the Jays are just simply better on paper, but it comes down okay. to playing on the diamond. Like I don't think Aaron Savali, I think that he's he's not an ace-type pitcher. I don't think he ever will be. Like If you're going to match him up with a guy like Jose Brios, and Jose Brios is on, I think there's no comparing the two. Yandy Diaz scares the okay, crap yeah, out of okay. me, and a Rosarena is a fun guy to watch and a very dangerous hitter at that. Um, they're not an extremely deep team, but they just seem to—they just seem to play their best ball when against us. It is true, and they've done that for years. Let's move on to the Bronx, and big expectations are coming out of New York Yankees as they made one of the biggest moves of the offseason. They made a trade for Juan Soto, who is entering a contract here. A guy I really wish the Blue Jays would have gone out and gotten, but we were still stuck up on Otani when that trade was being made. So we missed out. He joins in New York. Um, some other key additions for that team. They've added uh, Marcus Strowan, our old friend, Billy McKinney. He used to play for the Blue Jays. Trent Grisham and Alex Verdugo are joining New York as well. Their pitching staff is going to look a little different, though. They're losing Frankie Montas, Domingo Herman, Luis Severino, and then a, some bullpen arms. Um, Michael King, Wandy Peralta, Johnny Brito. They lost Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to us. And then uh, Jake Powers and Franchi Cordero are no longer on that team. Big expectations for New York Yankees this year, Riley. Do you think they're going to live up to it, or is it going to be another down year in the Bronx? I think it, that is hilarious that you snuck Billy McKinney onto that list of notable Had to mention additions. <laughs> you, you said Billy McKinney before Alex Verdugo. You are a crazy person. Alex Verdugo could very well go out and hit 35 home runs and pinstripes this year. I'll I, take the under, but I, short portion you, you, right field. You can. I think it's a hitter's ballpark, and I think that he looked ridiculous with, with his Amish chin strap. Um, I think I think that he's a player that should clean shave. I mean, hey, red beards are red beards. You look at Justin Turner. He's, he's got great facial hair. He looks like the NHL mascot, Gritty. Um, I think that the Yankees are a, a, a real concern for the Toronto Blue Jays. But mm -hmm. it's going to – like, it, it's a, it's a, I think as a team, as a whole team, they possibly took got a little worse. But then you look at the fact – that they got Juan Soto, who if he can play at his very best, he could it with he could carry that team. And I and that's without Judge even really. He's there. Judge is there. Like you're you're te you're telling me that it, with this batting order, when you have two three, when you go Soto Judge, whatever order they decide to go in, mm -hmm. like you're gonna have to pitch to one. You're probably gonna have to pitch to Judge because. Even if you're tight into Soto, there's a good chance he draws a walk on you. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Mo. I get that. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I short porch. We'll I'll uh, hit you up on Twitter later. We'll make a bet. 
but honestly, I think I think that there are a real concern for not only the Blue Jays, but all of Major League Baseball. There is there is you want to talk about a universe where Nate Pearson is good. There's a universe, Jesse, where this year finishes with the top two in MVP voting being oh, yeah. uh, Judge and Soto. And, and that's terrifying. It's a total realistic thing, man. The Yankees, um, I think their record's going to show probably close to the same as last year. But I think I think the fact they got Soto was amazing. If it's for one year, that's fine. I, can't, I don't know if they're going to extend them or not. Yeah, and a contract year, it does sound scary. But look, Aaron Judge battled a toe issue last year, and he did make some comments this offseason, too, about how that's something he's going to have to manage for the rest of his career. So let's keep that in mind. Riley, out of these seven players, do you think any of these players are difference makers? DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres. I guess you like Verdugo, so he might be one. Stanton, Anthony Volpe, or Austin Wells. Any of those guys seem like difference makers to you? I think Austin Wells is a fun one. And Glaber Torres uh, can be sneaky clutch at times. But honestly, I'll tell you who doesn't concern me. A DJ LeMahieu and a Rizzo at this point in their careers, really don't strike fear into me at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So aside from Judge and Soto, there is some pitchability to this team. And if you go into the pitching staff too, Garrett Cole's good. I've been calling for a Garrett Cole decline for a few years now. I think this might be the year. It's amazing. Garrett Cole's season last year was like the worst he had in four years, but just happened to be the one he won the Cy Young Award in, which seemed wild. But Carlos Rodon is a massive question mark. We just saw him face the Blue Jays in spring training. Nestor Cortez is a question mark. And then, look, Marcus Stroman was kind of bad in the second half last year for the Chicago Cubs. And Clark Schmidt. And, yeah, there's some interesting guys in their bullpen. And they have Jason Dominguez, who will be coming back at the end of the season. But I don't think the Yankees are going to fly as high as a lot of people think. There are a lot of question marks with this Bronx team. And I think at the end of the day, the Blue Jays and Yankees are going to be right there with each other going into next year. I, I, I think you're right, but I, I really I really think it could be a lot of over under situation here if if one of those two gets injured or if if one isn't as good as they could be. I mean, there's a lot of places it could go, but again, I'm a kind of a pessimist this year going into and looking at what the other teams around the American League League East added and the Yankees are just a, a team that added uh, too many quality players. I know that they got rid of a few, but Verdugo, Soto, I mean, those guys are scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, the short porch doesn't work for everyone. Just ask Joey Gallo in his last time in New York. And uh, thanks, Mo, for bringing up that comment there. The last team in the AL East, the team that the Blue Jays played very well against last season, a team that might be slowly on the rise and might turn more heads than you think this year, but that is the Boston Red Sox. Their key offseason acquisitions, they got Liam Hendricks, Lucas Giolito, Vaughn Grissom, Tyler O'Neill, and if you want me to sneak in another name, it's a former Blue Jay. They have Tyler Heineman on their team as well. Uh, key subtractions from this team, they lost Chris Sale, traded him to Atlanta, Adam Duvall, James Paxton, Justin Turner, who joined our team, Corey Kluber, Verdugo's gone as he joined the Yankees, and Alberto Mondesi is no longer part of that team as well. Their offense, Riley, might be the calling card from their team this year. They made a trade, like Tyler O'Neill goes in that lineup. Um, they're hoping for a bounce back from Trevor Story. Rafael Delvers is still there. Tristan Casas came up very strong at the end of last year. I know you really like Vaughn Grissom as a breakout this season. That could be their claim to fame for this year. So talk to me about the Boston Red Sox. Uh, how do you think they're going to finish in this year? In the basement, right? Yeah, I think it's the basement, but they do have some some fun young position players like Casas 
and Vaughn Grissom. Mm-hmm. I think that those two, I think those two guys are going to be great big league ball players. I think Devers is, is far the best on their team. Uh, there's a good chance that he kind of wastes away this year. He might put up, he might even put up, um, you know, not career lows, but definitely not his best uh, seasons to date. I, I, the Red Sox don't, don't scare me as much as other teams. Of course, it's the American League East, Boston, thick, rich history. But honestly, their organization, it, the pieces they have at the major league level aren't, aren't, there's, aren't enough quality players. Yes, they have a lot of, of replacement level guys on their club. But then again, they don't have enough players that really put them over that top. I don't think they have enough players that really even make them a 500 ball club. I think if they, if the Red Sox, I think if the Red Sox can finish 500, I I take, if I'm a, if I'm Boston, if I'm a team Red Sox, I take that as a win for the Red Sox. If they go 81 and 81. Riley, any rotation with Lucas Giolito as your ace going into 2024? Might be tough. For reference, they have been linked to Jordan Montgomery. If they do sign him, maybe this team looks a little different. And I do like Nick Pavetta, Brian Bayo, even Cutter Crawford. I like some of their pitchers, but yeah, they're, they might be missing that star power that you really need, especially in the tough division. Um, with that being said, Riley, the five teams in the AL East, rank them. Well, Jesse, I, I mean, this is... This is a hard thing to do as a Jays fan, right? Because obviously I would love to put us at the top, but I think doing our due diligence is, is being honest. And honestly, uh, our, the top ranked team for me is the Baltimore Orioles. Yep, I, I agree with I'm, you there. I, I, think, I think at the second team, I think it's going to be very close with these next three teams, but I'm going to have to go the New York Yankees next. I'm going to go the Toronto Blue Jays next. And I think one game behind them or tied a game 163 situation is us in the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that is one of the closest matchups along Major League Baseball. And and in fifth place is going to be the Red Sox. And still a team that could very well finish 500, Jesse. The strong division has been for mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. But honestly, it's going to be it's going to be close. It's going to be very, very close. And I just hope that the Jays can win these series against these rival teams. Yeah, playing well in our division is going to matter so much more this season than it has in years past. And the Jays really struggled against the AL East last year. That simply cannot happen this season if the Toronto Blue Jays want to, one, make the playoffs and then make noise when we get to the playoffs. I think my standings are the same as yours, Riley. I I want to put the Yankees down just because screw the Yankees. We don't like them. They can move them down. But any team that's got Aaron Judge and Juan Soto hitting back-to-back, I got to give them some respect. But I'm with you on that there, Riley. Um, In terms of the wild card, we'll probably be competing with those West teams. Whoever doesn't win the division out there, we'd probably be competing with Seattle again, probably Houston, Texas, whoever doesn't win the division. It'd be important we beat up on those guys there too. Riley, any last thoughts within the division before we uh, talk some promotions that the Blue Jays have going on this year? Yes. Uh, I don't know if Morgan's still listening, but Joey Gallo is a career 197 hitter. Alex Verdugo <laughs> is a career 281 hitter. So now do their power numbers, Riley. Food for thought. Uh, well, I don't need to see Gallo has had a couple good years. Hey, Verdugo, sneaky 57 career home runs, and he had 13 last year. He's due for he's due for an explosive okay. season. Well, he did hit a couple off Jordan Romano last year, and Jordan Romano is not exactly easy to take deep. So uh, we'll give Verdugo credit with that there. All right. 
So the Blue Jays have been announcing their promotions over the course of the spring training, and they have a lot, a lot of things to get excited to when you go to the Dome this summer. One, we get to see all the new renovations, so that's going to be very exciting. But the Blue Jays are doing a lot of new things. Good news, Riley. Dollar Dog Days are back. We will have those in every Tuesday. The Junior Jays Sundays, I believe, they are also back. And the Blue Jays are doing their typical Mother's Day, Father's Day, Canada Day events. All of those are back again this year, so we do not have to worry about that. But are you ready for some of the new excitement, the new things that the Blue Jays are going on about this year? Jesse, you know I do not like new things. I like the way <laughs> things used to be. But you're going to tell me what they are. The and baseball I, boomer in you. I will still like them. If it has mm-hmm. food, if it has baseball, if it has beer, I'm probably mm-hmm. in. Well, then do I have a treat for you because there is a new promotion coming up that the Blue Jays have never done this before, uh, before and uh, it involves nachos. And I know Looney, you're a big fan of nachos. Looney beer night. Oh, no, not Looney beer <laughs> night. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mo's got one more point on your Yankees marketing before we get to the promotions that the Blue Jays are going to give away this year, but uh, I'll let you make a comment on that. That's fine. You know what? He can have this round. Morgan, thank you. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Jesse and I really appreciate it. We love love our hometown viewers. Morgan Reynolds, you're one of the good ones, man. I appreciate you. A shout-out. A free shout-out for Mo there. All right. To the promotions, the Blue Jays are having their city week, Riley, from May 31st to June 5th. We'd imagine that's likely when the City Connect jerseys are going to come out. I'm very excited to see what they look like. I'm pl- I need to buy a new jersey. This Vladdy jersey is too big for me. I got to buy some new ones, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing those. And then um, in that week, we're going to have a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. bobblehead. They have not released what that bobblehead looks like yet, but it will be released on June the 3rd. I'd imagine that'll likely come out at some point this week. Um, the Blue Jays are doing a backpack giveaway on June 5th. And Riley, this next one, I know you're very excited for. The Blue Jays are doing a Hello Kitty night on April 26th. Have you bought your tickets for Hello Kitty night at the Dome yet? That so caught me off guard. I thought you were going to talk <laughs> about the Jan- thought you were going to talk about the Jansen one. I didn't know you were going to throw Hello <laughs> Kitty at me. Wow. No, should I? Should I be? Should I? I be? mean, to me, it's just it's the 50th anniversary of Hello Kitty, and I guess the Blue 50. Jays were not excited. Yeah. 50 years wow mm-hmm. dude that's 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 insane i i don't even know what to say about that well happy birthday hello kitty i guess on uh, april 26 meow riley do you have any idea what a pickle night is well if it's a night where they give out dill pickles <laughs> i i would eat probably I could sit and eat about 18 dill pickles. If, if 18 dill else. pickles. I love a good every, dill pickle. Every half inning, you chuck back a dill pickle. You know what? I would pay to watch that. That should be something we make you do this offseason. If you lose a bet or something, we'll make you 18 I, dill pickles. At a I game. don't even have to lose a bet to eat 18 <laughs> okay. dill pickles. That is ridiculous. I, I, it has to be it, it, garlic dill pickles, man. No, Could be no name. Could be Bix. Don't care. Don't discriminate. All right, we, I guess big fan of pickles. So that means you will be attending Pickle Night that the Blue Jays will be having, which is on July 19th. Apparently, you get a Blue Jays tote bag and you get to participate in pickle-related activities. Sounds like you're right up your alley. Yeah, I take what take away what you will from that sentence, Jesse. No comment. <laughs> All right, 
Other promotions that the Blue Jays are doing, they're doing Youth Baseball Night on August 21, where there'll be a child-sized batting gloves. The day after, on August 22nd, people will get an ace figurine. They're doing University and College Night, September 13th. Grateful Dead Night, which includes a bucket hat from the Grateful Dead. That'll be September 14th. Any of those catch your attention? Uh Grateful Dead, I guess. I don't know. It's been a long time since I went to Loyalist College, so I don't think that college <laughs> night is gonna is really gonna pique me. I'll be looking like an old man if I was in that crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there's a market for it for sure. April fifteenth, Riley Jackie Robinson Day. The Blue Jays are doing something special. They've actually come out with a forty-two hat, which uh, I'd love to get the photo, but I don't have it here. But it's forty-two with the Blue Jays logo on the side. Actually, looks pretty sweet. I may pick up one of these Jackie Robinson Day hats there. Um, the Danny Jansen one. This is the one you talked about, Riley. April 29th, You get a blue, royal blue replica Danny Jansen jersey, but you also get the glasses, the big like sun visor glasses that Danny Jansen wears. First fifteen thousand people at the dome will be getting one of those. That's the one I'm kind of excited for, and I really want to go go get. That is the one where, where after we're done recording, Jesse, I'm gonna look to you and I'll go, hey, dude, we should get our tickets for that game because that is that is the game, man. That is that is a game you want to go to a giveaway. Of course, if you're listening, just watch it on TV. Don't steal my Danny <laughs> yeah. Jansen glasses because I really want that. That's super cool. Danny Jan- Dan- Danny Jansen deserves a giveaway, and he's finally got one. If Kirk is starting in that game ahead of him, I will throw a huge tantrum. I will join you. We will cause a scene until Jano gets into the game. Um, Some more jerseys. Blue Jays are giving away a Jordan Romano jersey on May 29th. George Springer gets a hockey jersey that looks really cool, actually, on August the 7th. Um, I would look into getting that as well. And the Blue Jays are also doing a work from home on Wednesday afternoon game. So it's those 307 games when the team is traveling where you can bring your office, they'll set you up in a little office space, but you can also watch the baseball game while you quote work from home. If that is interesting to do, maybe we get into this Riley and we look at doing a live podcast. Maybe that's our route. We say we're here to do work and then we do it there, but that is something new. The blue Jays will be doing on Wednesday home games this year. I can't imagine much work will be getting done. We're going to get set up beside the sports net booth, you and I, and then they'll mm-hmm. be surrounded us. They'll be looking at us instead. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, Hey, that's you want to talk about getting publicity. There's no better way to do that. If we came in there with laptops and headphones, I mean, Jesus, uh, we'd look like the real deal about, uh, you know, a couple of us amateurs doing that. All right, right on. We're very excited for that one as well. The Blue Jays will be having cricket night on May 10th. Country night at the Rogers Center will be May 17th, including a Chris Bassett hound on the mound bobblehead. Always fun. People love the bobbleheads. School day will be June 6th. Pride night will be June 14th. And this is the one, Riley, I thought you would get excited about because you said you love your food. It's salsa night. And no, I'm not talking about the Mexican style dance. The Rogers Center is having chips and salsa night where the first 15,000 fans in on June 27th will get chips and dip. And if that's not a promotion, I don't know what is. That sounds like a fun one. I can already tell. And I'm going to tell you, Jesse, being a foodie, mm-hmm. um, I am not. They're going to give us terrible tortilla chips to break when you dip the chip in the dip. And the, the, I'm sure the sauce will be name brand. I don't think it's going to be very good uh, personally. Um, it's a nice idea. It's a nice idea. But I, I'll eat. I'll eat it. Don't get me wrong. If you hand me free food, I'm going to eat it. I don't think it's the best. The better execution would be a foot-long hot dog giveaway 
or okay. a, a beer and a hot dog giveaway or a beer and a Danny Jansen glasses giveaway all at once. <laughs> just give me the stuff I want, Rogers Center. Nachos is kind of an – and chips and dip is kind of an airy food. It's like cotton candy. It doesn't really fill me up. Right, the chips are salty, so it makes you want to go drink more beer. That's my theory. Do you know what makes me want to go drink beer is baseball. <laughs> Amen to that. Nothing like a cold one while watching the Rogers Center. Lastly, we have Harry Potter night on August 9th. July 26th is Caribbean Carnival and Neon Hat Day. And then four more bobblehead giveaways for the Blue Jays this year. April 12th, we got a Jose Brios Gold Glove bobblehead. May 22nd will be a Yusei Kikuchi one. June 19th is Bo Bichette. And July 3rd, we get a Kevin Gosman bubblegum bobblehead. A lot more giveaways from the Rogers Center this year than I thought they would. Um, any of those catch your attention? It's it's funny. I always like the silver slugger slash gold glove bobbleheads. I'm pretty sure there was a silver slugger one back in the day, and then Vernon Wells had a gold glove one. So the fact that they're doing a Barrios gold glove one, I think, is a very cool, uh, cool one. It's a, kind of an exclusive one, right? This may be the only time he wins a gold glove throughout his career. So if you mm -hmm. want like a collector's edition bobblehead, yeah, it'd be a good. Um, one. This is this is the kind. This is the one you might want out of any other bobblehead. Any other like, Jose Brios gold glove bobblehead, very cool. And then just one more question before we get out of here today. Isaac wants to know, a friend of the show, Isaac Bass, what do you guys think of the Alonzo rumors to the Jays if the Mets aren't good? Uh, I'll take this one first, Riley. Pete Alonzo would be great impact, provide a lot of spark. I don't want to give up a lot to get him because one, he pays. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s position. So he'd have to be a full-time designated hitter. If my bold prediction about Justin Turner comes true, then there suddenly will be a spot at DH for this team. Um, it is a contract year for him. And if the Mets aren't going to resign him, you don't want to give up a ton to get him. But if the Blue Jays do need power, which I bet we probably do come the trade deadline, then I could absolutely see this being a fit. And as long as it doesn't cost too much, then I'm in. How about you? We'll go. Yeah, I'm in. We'll go Kirk, Manoa, Espinal straight up for Pete Alonso. Surely that's got to work. I mean, it, it probably does, but I think we can get him for cheaper than that. Yeah, it probably. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't know, man. A lot. I don't know. That's hey, I'll make that trade every day. In fact, I'll go on MLB the show and see if that trade works in who's ever favor when we're done here. All right. Well, let us know. That is going to do it for episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are officially into season preview mode as we get into the month of March. And Riley, once we're into the month of March, baseball, it's here. It'll be on our televisions. Busy week for us here at Buds and Blue Jays. We're going to go over our X Factors. We've got our bold predictions. We've got our official season preview. we got so much more content coming for you this month. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we go live for our episodes. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and anywhere you can find your podcast. You can find the Buds and Blue Jays show. Um, we will see you guys next week unless there is some breaking news. But Riley, any last words before we get out of here today? No, we got... Uh... Few more spring training games till we till we uh, next meet. So I mean, Jesse, we're probably going to be watching with you know bated breath in a way and see how our guys do. Um, again, if if there's some blowups, don't take it too too seriously. The regular season is very close, but at the same time, too, you know it it doesn't really matter. We got 162 games that matter. Let's get the let's get the. Uh, the rough ones out of the way and get them out of the way early. Amen, my guy. We will see you guys next week. Thank you once again for tuning in. I'm Je for Riley McConnell. I'm Jesse Burrell. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.